0: If you're in the mood for discussion of espionage and censorship, you're in the right place. This is Have You Seen episode 46. Hello one and all, this is episode... 46 of Have You Seen, I'm Kieran Laforte and dissolving into fits of laughter at the other end of the table is Tom Webb. Hello. Why are you laughing?
1: Uh, just, literally, I was thinking to myself, do need to burp? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't need to burp, it's fine. You started talking and immediately I needed to burp. <laughs> but I managed to stifle it, it's fine. Uh,
0: we are the classy Englishmen <laughs> who have helmed this show for the past 46 episodes. Yeah,
1: It's weird because normally I'm like up my eyeballs and energy drink like to get myself enthused kind of in in the zone for the podcast and I never need to burp with all those bubbles and now I've got plain water and it's all gone to
0: I just saw a face appear at the door and I don't know if the face wants to come in or if it's gone away again (laughs) I'm going to assume it's gone away again okay so yes we're completely thrown off here we are okay uh uh Last week, you pitched me 39 Steps. I did, yes. And I pitched you, the f- this film is not yet rated. Yes. So, what should we do?
1: Um.
0: Well, let's start with 39 Steps. Okie dokie. Chronology. Well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hang on. I've got the wrong page open. Probably <laughs> oh, could have cool. figured that out well, before I, I turned the mic oh, on. Yeah, let me, yeah, me do recap. a recap. Go for okay, it.
1: so the 39 Steps um, is uh, one of Hitchcock's more well-known British movies, right up there alongside Lady Vanishes um in fact i think they were his last two british m- films before he went to the states to make rebecca mm-hmm. um it's got all the hallmarks of a classic hitchcock movie and it you can see that the, the s- sowing of seeds of things he will come back to and develop again later on uh it's a it's a thriller uh, and a suspense movie as you'd expect um effectively a man gets wrongly accused of murder and ends up being chased not only by the police but also by some weird spy ring that has infiltrated the UK um, and it sees him kind of on the run all the way up to Scotland and back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about it really. That's kind of a simple yes. breakdown of the film. What did you think?
0: Um, I really enjoyed it with yep. a couple of caveats. Right. Um, let's, get, let's get the stuff I didn't like out of the way first. Okay, fair enough. Um, we often say on the show if I don't make if people don't make many notes, it's usually a good sign. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to work very well in audio form. But there are my notes. Oh, that, that is a good sign. Uh, it's half a page. Half a page. Yeah, uh, that's really good. Ten ten sentences I've written yeah. on an entire. Oh, that's good. Eighty-five minute film, or yeah. whatever
1: it is. Yeah, it's, it's it's actually quite a short film. But... The DVD back in the oh, DVD yeah. actually uh,
0: advertises it as twenty minutes longer than it actually is. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> So it's like, it's like oh, well, that's the end of the film. What are they going to do for the next 20 minutes? And then just the end comes <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, um, yeah okay. Uh, something I don't like, and I, I think it's something that runs across the Hitchcock films I've seen so far, right. is that his setups aren't very organic. Okay. This, For example, this one. Yeah. I've watched this film. I still don't know who Hannay is.
1: Uh, okay, yeah, I, I see I don't know what you anything mean. about him. He was just yeah. a, a
0: random guy in the music hall yeah, and the way it's set up is a mysterious woman. Just yeah. got, there there's gunshots in a music hall. Yeah, um, everybody staggers outside, and a woman essentially just grabs onto his arm and goes, "Take me home with you."
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, well, no, wait, she's foreign, isn't she? she she's doing do quite that. fast. No, no. Um, um, and he's like, "All right, love, let's go on the bus." Yeah. Um, and that's your setup. There's no no. I, don't I don't know anything mean, there's about no him yeah. at all. Uh, and that's a very that even that to me uh maybe that happened in 1935 women would just grab men and go take <laughs> well me no home i think
1: i think you know, i think the see i was thinking i was kind of thinking that when i watched it again for this it's really abrupt at the beginning she's just Very like take, so. take me home it's like yeah. oh well there's no and i think it's because not you look like a nice
0: gentleman will you take me to my home it's no. take me back to your place yeah
1: i well i think it's because she's trying to kind of Con him into the fact that she's scared because of the shooting and wants someone to look after her, but actually, she's something to do with the and she's just looking for someone to kind of protect her or like an innocent party yeah. that she thinks the spies won't do anything in front of. If yeah, that makes I, sense. I still yeah. thought that could it, have been set a bit, up a yeah. bit better, but yeah, once it
0: kind of got past that, yeah. I thought it was really good. Um, the what was the other thing? Oh, yeah, uh, Hannah's a shit Canadian.
1: Yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't say sound a boot can... once. No, he doesn't sound. I was very disappointed. <laughs> he really doesn't sound Canadian. No. no, so it's like okay, I'll let that go.
0: Yeah, because that... you and I know a Canadian who doesn't sound remotely Canadian no, as true, well. Yeah. Um the first twenty-five minutes is pretty non-stop. Yeah, all the way it's, till it's he gets got... to Scotland. Actually, yeah. it just it moves mm. like a rocket. this Yeah, film.
1: and some of the stuff on, like, on the fourth bridge is pretty hair-raising stuff. And a you think bit. it's when you yeah. think it's nineteen thirty-five. Mm. You know, it's only five years after the invention of sound in cinema, and so the, the technology... Pretty much, yeah. I mean, because obviously when sound came through, the cameras were all bulky and had to go in boxes. Of yeah. Stuff. So I think the, the the evolution of the filming technology, uh, This I think this was quite... It was very, would have been then very modern, and what we there's take for even, granted now.
0: Yeah, there's even stuff in his flat when, when he takes her back to the flat. Mm. Excuse me. No, you've given it to me. <laughs> um, uh, there's a whole load of stuff that's handheld, Yes, which initially you think, oh yeah, you know, handheld camera. And you think, handheld camera work in 1935. Yeah, that must have been like three blokes <laughs> trying yeah. to hold up a gigantic camera. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. there's
1: there's some great stuff. Mm. Um, I did now. I don't know if you're going to get to it later, but there was one shot I mentioned last week that I thought was. Do really you know good. what? I yeah. think
0: I was uh, so wrapped up in it, I didn't. I kind of stopped noticing the technique. Okay, finally at the end, I thought, I wonder what shot Tom meant. Okay, fine. Right, so okay. go for
1: it now. Um. I may be jumping ahead a little bit here, so stop me if I am. We can come back to it later. But um, he's met Madeline Carroll. She's the, the main woman he's hanging with. Right. To. She's not the one who gets shot. She's no. the blonde one who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Stabbed, in fact.
0: Um, Stabbed, yes, yeah. correct. Uh, and, well done. You've passed the test.
1: <laughs> and uh, they he and her get picked up by the spies and they're in the back of a car and there's four people in the back of a car facing y- each other. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and there's a sequence where they're having a conversation in that car and it's the end of that sequence, the camera seamlessly moves from a two-shot of Hane and... Uh, Uh, I can't remember what her character name is, um, (laughs) Pamela. There we go. Uh, It seamlessly moves out of the car window, the side window, Mm. and round to the back of the car, and then the car drives off into the distance into the Scottish hillside.
0: Do you know what? I didn't even notice it
1: and it's too i mean it's, it's obviously it's two. it's a studio shot and a location shot mm. cut together mm. the cut is so seamless it's it it looks like um you see a lot in you know even in like movies like Fast and the Furious now where the cameras are, are moving in and out of the cars yeah, and stuff yeah. like that and you know it's cgi it's digital, like, transitions yeah. division it's almost as effective as that but done in 1935 hmm. and it when i it was i think it was only this time watching it that i suddenly went bloody hell that that camera move isn't physically possible with that technology, mm. and it's still it's tricky to do it now. Yeah, um, if you're trying to do it act, act, actually yeah, yeah. as is without yeah. the aid of uh, CGI and stuff. So that, it was that that really kind of
0: yeah. I uh, I must have been so what yeah just caught up in it that I didn't even. Oh, I mean that. that's good. Yeah, that's good. absolutely. Um, uh, it is extremely date- dated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Uh. I guarantee you that ninety percent of the people listening to this show have no idea what I mean when I say music hall yeah, well, it will exactly yeah um yeah. uh and uh the acting is also still quite very much of that time,
1: yeah, absolutely I think um like we were talking about with the lady vanishes it's, mm. it, it's that kind of stage actors not really understanding there is a difference to film mm. uh quite a lot of the time, so it's yeah quite but I, think, I, the- I actually
0: felt it was better in this than that. It was oh, okay. a slightly more
1: Well, I think the overall the cast was younger in this than it is mm, in that. Maybe they
0: were more easily malleable. Mm, perhaps, yeah. Um it does have even like for nineteen thirty five it does it has uh, lots of good funny dialogue, particularly mm. towards the beginning. Yeah. So like when he's um when he's borrowing the disguise from the Milkman. Yeah. Yeah. You married, yeah, but don't rub <laughs> it. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That all that kind of thing. Um it's charmingly quaint. And I love the... At the very beginning, it gives the cast list. And Mm. in the bottom, it's small print. It says, all the characters are entirely fictitious. (laughs) Um, Whilst I write... I could probably just read all this. Mm. Um, The woman who finds... the dead spy's body, the dead woman's body. I wish mm. I could remember her name. The foreign woman. Yeah, stabbed, I can't I mean. remember her name I was. No. Of uh, the, where they cross-cut her screen with a train whistle as a yes. train comes out the tunnel. That creased me up. Yeah, That was brilliant. Uh, Hitch does love a good train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he can't keep away from them. No, no,
1: we we haven't got to strangers on the train yet. No, we haven't.
0: Uh, um, the, there's uh, a chase through through the train that goes through mm, the tea room. Yeah, uh, yeah, done in one shot, and it's almost like a Buster Keaton sketch. Yeah. with the guy holding the <laughs> tray full of teacups, <laughs> the, deftly avoiding people yeah. as they squeeze I, past him. I thought
1: that was. He, I think I was one of the best performances in the entire film. Well, it's that just that one guy, that one guy <laughs> holding a tray because yeah. he manages to. It's, it's just a beautiful piece of mm. control as mm. he has in every position. He's, it's, it's one of those things you look, you watch it and you go, that's a man doing a job, and this happens to him every single day. And <laughs> yeah. he just
0: knows how to avoid it. Yeah. yeah. It might be a child, it might be a dog, it might <laughs> yeah, be spies, exactly, but he yeah. has to avoid these people. Um, I also really enjoyed, uh, I'm skipping almost to the end now. I didn't write between, okay. Between the first 20, twenty-five minutes is pretty non-stop, which I must have written around the twenty-five-minute mark. Yeah. The next note I wrote chronologically is the political assembly scene. Hmm. Is great. Isn't it is where he's trying to. He's in Scotland. He's trying to hide yeah. from the people who are pursuing him, and he runs into an assembly hall uh, where there's some yeah. kind of like political rally going on, yeah. and he's mistaken for the guest speaker or someone who's here there to endorse a political candidate. Uh, And has to give give an impromptu speech endorsing this man he's never met, whose name he doesn't know.
1: Now, is it in that scene where we start getting POV shots? Maybe because I can't remember. But there's certainly scenes where people are on on a stage and they and you see their point of view looking. At, I think it's that because he's. I think it's that, he's yeah. becoming aware of people coming into the hall to get him. Yes. Yeah. And, and he looks.
0: To, he's trying to think of the guy's name. He looks down and sees that's the, uh, upside, sees the down. Sign upside down upside down. there's This ridiculous Scottish name. <laughs> Sorry, Scotland. But <laughs> yes. it's full of que- it's Muck something and full of cues and just ends up calling him <laughs> a crocodile. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Because uh, yeah, I mean, again, that struck me is like for camera technique and things Mm. like point of view shots you know weren't that common really no not really you know I think it's because it it was where people suddenly breaking away from theatre staging Mm. there is
0: still um, there is still some hangover from the silent era in this film there's there's quite a lot of vignettes I noticed which was something done (laughs) I was expecting a yes and all I got was a nod with a water bottle (laughs) sorry I was in the middle of it Um, uh, uh, yeah so that, yes, there's that kind of hangover, fro- you've thrown me. No, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, from the silent era. Yeah, yeah, yeah where uh, to draw somebody's attention to something, you put uh, like a little vignette around. And I noticed yeah. that right from the from the off, from the musical scene at the beginning. Yeah.
1: Um, I I, was, I actually watched a documentary the other night, funny enough, about Hitchcock's early years. And it was it was made by uh, the comedian Paul Merton. Okay. Um I saw. I watched some of his silent. Uh, yeah, he's a big fan yeah, of that yeah, era. He loves of, it uh, mm. stuff. And because uh, obviously Hitchcock started by making silent movies, yeah. so his craft of storytelling is always about the visuals. Yes, and to the point where not this film in particular, but certainly a few that preceded it, he would have trouble explaining to the actors that they didn't have to talk in a scene. Mm. Um, and there was one scene from a movie oh, I can't remember the name of it, but a woman realizes that her either her brother or her brother-in-law or her uncle or something, has committed a murder Mm. and they're sitting at a table and there's a sharp butter knife or something there Mm. and there's this simple scene of her realising he's the murderer, him realising she's realised he's the murderer and then the scuffle between them, Mm. his accidental death Mm. and her leaving the room Mm. and realising what she's done and he couldn't convince the woman that
0: she didn't have to say anything. She didn't have to say anything. Mm.
1: And she, he had to force her to do the scene the way he wanted to do it. Mm. And when she saw it, she, she was just like, This is how all, all movies are going to be made from now <laughs> on. So, you know, she couldn't believe how effective it was. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it's something that uh probably filmmakers now don't necessarily develop as much mm. is that really visual style mm. or or understanding of how to tell a story just with images because they didn't have to do it without yeah. sound. Yeah yeah yeah
0: I know what you mean. Um I shall read you my final note. The final okay. five words the palladium finale is brilliant. Yes. Um all the way through mm. uh, I I didn't know what the thirty nine steps were. No. Um I uh had no idea what the reveal was going to be. No. I do not should we
1: Oh, well, we're doing we a tend review, to say, so we okay, okay, yeah, yeah we can yeah. do spoilers now. Yeah.
0: yeah, where uh, the the opening music hall scene, uh, one of the acts is uh, a man who can remember amazing facts. Yeah. And the whole uh, uh, plot of the film yeah. is um, is Hannae trying to stop secrets being smuggled out of the country. Yes, and but he
1: doesn't know that. Does he not? No, he's completely clueless, and so are you. Mm. So No, we get told there's... The,
0: the, the, well, the we dead get, spy tells him that there are there are there's that, information well, that's, that's going true, to be yeah. in the country. But that's uh, but like halfway through the movie. Not really. Yeah, it is. Before she gets stabbed, it has to before she gets stabbed. No, it tells not. him that there's. Does she tell him? Yeah, then? yeah. yeah. And everybody thinks it's... Yes, a, she does. He yeah, and she does. you, yeah, through, yeah, yeah. No. through the entirety oh, sorry, of the film.
1: I'm thinking of the bit uh, when he's up in Scotland and he talks to, effectively, the ringmaster of the spies. Yes. Who's masquerading as a I Lord. like that reveal as well. Yeah. Um... Yeah, sorry. That's what I. Yeah, mm. that's the bit I was thinking of. Yeah, no. So mm. you know that there are sm- uh, spies trying to get smuggle information out of the thing. Yes. You're just not quite sure how. Yes. yes.
0: That's, yeah. That's and right. and you kind of you and he, I think, and yeah. in fact uh, and Pamela as well, all mm. naturally assume it's a document. It's going to be paperwork. Yes. yeah. And yeah. then the police kind of find out. You know, there's we've talked to the we've talked to the Air Force. There is no there is no paperwork missing. It can't. Yeah. There can't be anything missing. And, and then it's revealed that the stage memory man yeah. has. Been taken and forced to memorise the plans, a formula. Yeah, the formula, and yeah. it's him that's being taken out of the country. Yeah, and it's brilliant. A,
1: it, yeah, it's a formula for a uh, silent running. Yeah, a silent running of, engine. Yeah. So yes. basically, an engine you cannot hear, um, mm. which you know would be invaluable. Yeah. to any you know power i guess mm. uh yeah and that's brilliant because because basically the the whole act, his whole act is that people shout out questions yeah and he answers the facts you know yeah. like who won the 1340 chepstow on this date and yeah, he'll yeah. know the answer yeah. to what horse it was um so hannah runs in at the end of the playroom and says what are the 39 steps mm. and he just goes the 39 steps are a ring of spies mm. blah, blah blah and he just starts spewing it then gets shot mm. and uh I think it's a really quite a nice scene where Hannah is kind of holding this guy who's dead, and yeah. he says, "Can I? Can I tell you the information? Can yeah. I tell you? Because I, t- I, it was such hard work to yeah, learn yeah. it. I want to say it to somebody. Yeah. And it's quite a nice again. Yeah, you it just kind of get of, the him thing. unburdened
0: himself. Yeah. And he, d- he says, "Did I get it right? right. And when Hannah answers yes, then he dies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's a nice, but then it suddenly abruptly bang, the end. Yes. And you're like, well, There's no kind yeah. of, you know, no. did they did they actually round up the spies or yeah. yeah. You
0: know? Yeah, that'll be thirty nine steps too. Yeah. Stepier. Yeah. Forty steps. Yeah. Step up thirty nine <laughs> steps of the streets. Yeah. There's also um there's also quite a stunt in that uh finale with the uh the guy well, doubling for the mm. guy who's the leader yes. of the spies yeah. who takes a running leap yes. out of the box in the theatre yeah. straight onto the stage. Yeah.
1: Now we've been we've been in the palladium and
0: film stuff there
1: yeah. and that's well, I don't know if it's changed. I don't think it has, but that's You're quite... Looking a... about,
0: it's probably about 12 feet or so. Yeah, that's quite... Taking a, a flying quite, leap. Yeah, yeah, that's quite a quite a distance he covers. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah overall, I really enjoyed this. I, have, I hadn't... Watching it, I realised I had seen the end before, but not realised it. Okay. Right. It was only when... Um, uh, uh, Hannah Shout, What Are the 39 Steps? I realised I'd seen those shots before, yeah. but still I didn't know how I, it ended. It probably
1: I'd, probably in things like film studies classes and stuff like possibly, that. Possibly,
0: but I had also seen um, maybe the first part of a mini series remake version that the BBC yeah. did with Rupert Penry Jones. Yes. Because I remembered some of the stuff in Scotland, but I remembered it in colour with a younger man who didn't have a moustache.
1: <laughs> yeah, because well, now it's been redone. It was redone by... Um, Oh, crap, what's his name? The guy that was um, in A Night to Remember, he played the captain. Okay. Do you know who I mean? Yeah. I can't, I can't feel like... Uh, Kenneth Moore. Yes. As Hannay. Mm. Then it was redone again in the 70s with... Um, oh, crap, I can't remember his name now. Um, <laughs> complete memory failure. Yeah, he was in the Italian job.
0: Michael Caine. No, not Michael Caine. Uh, uh,
1: it's a really tiny bit part. In fact, you wouldn't even know he was in okay. his alien job. The one who looks in... like the bloke we used to work yes, with. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that guy. Robert, Robert Thingy. Robert. Oh, come on. Foster? <sighs> no. It's not Robert Shaw. It's Robert. Robert something. Robert Robert New... Powell. There we go. Robert Powell. There we go. Yeah. And then, obviously, they did the, the Penry Jones one as well. Mm. Um, I have only seen bits of those, and all of the bits I've ever seen, it seems like... They've uh, they've amped up the action a bit or pushed it too far. I think one of them's got a whole sequence of him hanging from a clock uh, from uh, the clock on uh, Big Ben or the really? Saint Stephen's Tower. Yeah,
0: can't can't do that. Yeah, there's I other know. people who do that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and I to, was there, I think there was one where they they kind of make out the thirty nine steps or the number of steps up one of the towers in Tower Bridge or something or
0: something like that. Well, the thirty nine so steps in the book are not spies. Right. Okay. I don't. I, believe. I, haven't, I haven't looked into what they own. The uh, I can't remember what it was. I was reading something earlier, and uh, one of the changes from the book to the film is what the steps actually are.
1: Right. Okay. Right. Because I know that, like I said last uh, last episode, that Buchanan was was quite happy with those changes yes. and said that it made a good film. So,
0: although there are some Amazon reviewers who aren't. Oh, really? Uh, But I haven't printed those out. Yeah, there was one particularly vitriolic review about how all these things have been changed from the book and how dare you mess with this classic book to make this classic film.
1: Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. Um,
0: What I do have are some of the taglines this was given upon release. Oh, really? It's 1935, remember? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to do it in a BBC voice? I could try. (laughs) Yes. The 39 Steps is, 100 steps ahead of any picture this year. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) It's great. It's grand. It's glorious. (laughs) <laughs> the, the, from then on they get really good right. the most charming brute who ever scorned a lady <laughs> fated to be mated with the one she hated that's really good yeah and the, the <laughs> my favourite she hated to be mastered but she learned to like it from the man who put the man in romance <laughs> that sounds like, that nobody sounds like, sells a movie like that anymore that
1: sounds like a tagline for Fifty Shades of Grey <laughs>
0: Um, I, uh, I, I tell a lie I do have a uh, five star review from Amazon here right. uh, just because I like the way it was written um, here we go uh, it's also spelt properly bloody hell uh, lucid breakneck visual storytelling moves this picture like the flying Scotsman coming round the mountain no extra word no empty gesture impedes it 39 steps has all the energy and breathless need missing from 90% of Bond flicks. what have I read ahead yeah. um, Robert Donut Mm-hmm. It doesn't say donut. It's says it <laughs> properly, but I like calling him donut. Um, has a more exciting British vacation than most Canadian tourists. Behind every door, there's a cop. Jump out a window and two spies are waiting. Any train compartment hides a girl to be kissed. And if he enters a political rally, he'll probably have to deliver the keynote address. Everyone he speaks with has clever things to say quite rapidly. The dialogue piles up like the set pieces, spilling and tumbling effortless, effortlessly towards Epiphany. Deep breath. Yeah. Best of all, Donat gets to enjoy that peculiarly English institution, the pre-war music hall, not once but twice in its greatest screen portrayal. These sequences glow with the specific that lends universality to the parochial. You can see why I like this. I can't read it, (laughs) but I like it. What a pain a lot of modern filmmakers must have when they look at something like this. It's a rebuke. It's proof money doesn't buy quality. With $200 million, we don't make stuff this good. This movie has all the hallmarks of budgetless Depression era british filmmaking, but it looks fine and is nearly great. <laughs> nearly great. <laughs> nearly great. So if all it takes is writing, carpentry, acting, photography and editing, why isn't every movie this good? Some guys make it look easy.
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I, it is one of my favourite Hitchhawks, because I think it, it really does kind of set up a lot of what, what was to come. The one thing I meant to look up, and I completely forgot, Yes. was... Um, my was it my great great uncle, or my great uncle, or some some relation like that?
0: Once smuggled technology out of England. No, no, but he
1: was either the engineer or the driver of the Flying Scotsman, and I meant to see if I could find out if he was he was the engineer or the driver at the time they were making the film, because that would be awesome. Interesting. Yeah, I might have to ask my dad. He's done our family tree. I'll have to look into it.
0: So yep. that's the espionage bit covered. Uh huh. Now we should talk censorship. Yes. I pitched Tom uh, This Film Is Not Yet Rated, which is a documentary from 2006 that looks at the history of censorship and a movie rating in the US, uh, attempting to find out the identities of the ratings board um, who are secret. The MPAA keep their board board members secret. Uh, It includes interviews with filmmakers who've had their work messed with by the MPAA, such as uh, the guys behind South Park, Kevin Smith, John Waters, Darren Aronofsky... Um, interviews with former MPAA members. Uh, it's full of sex and sexual- sexuality and hypocrisy uh, and all kinds of fun stuff like that. There's private eyes. There's uh, the uncut version of the puppet sex scene from Team America. Yeah. There's all sorts of uh, great stuff in this. Uh, I pitched it to Tom as a kind of a companion piece to Clean Flicks, which mm-hmm. we reviewed a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly, uh, I'll say this while it's in my head, uh, go to our blog uh and find the Clean Flicks episode and you can see one of the directors of Clean Flicks actually got back to us about the film and uh, our discussion of it on the show
1: yeah that was really cool actually
0: yes very nice uh,
1: not worry, what we were expecting
0: no so if any other directors want to talk <laughs> about them if Alfred Hitchcock's got anything to say about <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, 39 Steps He's welcome <laughs> uh, I'm getting off topic uh, what did you think of this film is not yet rated
1: um, again I really enjoyed it it's um, it, it's it, again i find it so bizarre that these kind of faceless unaccountable unknown people have so much power yeah it's I, I, one of my notes down there is uh, one of the um, people kind of liken them to fascists and it's and it is like some weird gestapo secret police thing where they you know no one knows who they are no one knows what they do but they they can tell you how something has to be and if you question it yes. they'll just fob you off with well that's how it's gotta be. Yes. That's what we that's what we're doing. You're making me particularly
0: think of the appeals scene yeah, in the film. Absolutely. Which I imagine we'll get to at yeah, some point.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just the whole thing just on on a level made me kind of
0: angry that that is that's allowed to happen. Yes. Um, so something as pointless as filmed entertainment. Yeah. Pointless isn't the word I'm looking for, but no, you know but what I mean? Yeah. It's it's not <laughs> it's going to sound like a terrible pun. Films are not the bigger picture. There are other things to be secretive and clandestine about. Absolutely. Yes. Why your film has an R instead of a PG-13 is not one of them. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um what well, the first I'm going I'm going to go back to sort
0: of order. No, actually, you can bit, see if you can apply some kind of structure to yeah, this nonsense. Um
1: the first thing that made made me kind of go, "Oh, really?" was in the titles um and the one that I reacted to was uh in association with Netflix and the BBC mm-hmm. which I was really surprised at. I didn't realize that they kind of had anything to do with it at all well really.
0: uh it kind of made it, uh, yeah, that made me sit up and pay attention as well because I had seen this film before, yeah, uh, and it made me think, oh, maybe I did watch it on the BBC, but back in two thousand and six or whatever when I'd seen this, yeah, uh I would have no clue what Netflix was
1: yeah exactly yeah um yeah because yeah, it didn't exist over here then uh, no no yeah um the other thing that struck me in the opening sequence was uh, okay we're gonna have a film about censorship and there's mm. kind of this juxtaposition of titles and and supposedly images that should be censored well in fact some of them are they've got blocks over them haven't they yes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. full of black bars over black like bars humping backsides yeah. and that kind of well thing. that's the thing all of them are sexual there is isn't any gratuitous violence nope. in that sequence at all nope. and then that becomes a bit of a theme as well a mm-hmm. little bit like it was with Clean Flicks. Yeah, a little bit more understandable in Clean Flicks I think yes maybe
0: um, yes this is for the whole of America not just for one particular exactly, particular yeah. faith
1: yeah and they talk about the MPAA and they've they got lots of sound bites from uh, archive footage of its founder and mm. head for God knows how many years um, and he's explaining that he wants just average people and the model seems to be that they're of a parent so it's always about protecting children children um but then that seems to be kind of negated by some of the rating systems it's like teenage well teenagers are children but then you know there's a difference between a 14 year old and a 17 year old or an 18 year old Mm. and it It seems like a very. They seem to have very, a very black and white way of looking at certain things. Yeah.
0: Um, They also. uh, This is where the hypocrisy comes into it. Where they when we start finding out who the ratings board are. Yeah. it's like some of these people have served longer tenure than they're supposed to. Yeah. Some of them don't have children. Yeah. Some of them have children. Some of them have grown up children in their twenties.
1: Yeah. Or and thirties. I think. And so right? yeah. yeah. Um. And it it just got me to the point where I was thinking, if you're, if you're the people telling me I can and cannot do something, then I want to know who you are and why you have the right what, to you tell give me authority. That. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like I could understand it if they were an elected body or a. a or they were uh, set up by the, the, the government or mm. something like that as a as a watchdog or what mm. have you. And that, that that would be fine. Um The other element to it, the whole uh, private investigator element mm. to it, I thought that
0: that was really I love those interesting. Too. They are brilliant. They're aren't great, they? Yeah. aren't they? Uh, I like the parade of PIs where he's trying yeah, to auditioning, auditioning them. Yeah. yeah. That's really, like, really good. There's, there's people like, well, I've got all these wigs, yeah. and I can get a job there, like in the mailroom, and kind of, uh, yeah, do my do do my work inside, and all that kind of thing. Yeah, no,
1: it is really good. There's some really nice little uh, mm. bit bits and pieces there. Um,
0: I like it when it finally gets to be revealed about their relationship as well. Yes. the two pi's.
1: Absolutely, yeah, cuz it kind of yeah, you can't, it kind of transpires that they're actually a lesbian couple with an a is it a, a adopted daughter or she? I can't. Uh, remember, no, she's no, she's the daughter sort of one, one of them, them. Yeah, that's uh, right. from her her yes.
0: pre lesbian yeah. marriage.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. one of one of the things and this kind of comes about because one of the themes they suddenly start exploring is the MPAA's attitude towards gay and lesbian filmmaking yes. and uh, what gets censored?
0: In a what would be censored in a straight, straight sex, sex scene? scene as, as, yes. Yeah.
1: Now that get uh, is absolutely fascinating that this stuff is there's no reason for
0: it at all. No.
1: You know, other other than this kind of almost puritanical yes. view of sex.
0: Yeah, And it also brings up something else. Is uh, there's a question asked early on uh, about who the, the they're interviewing a, like a former member of the board. Um yeah and he says to my knowledge there are no homosexuals on the ratings board 30 minutes later they cut to a guy who is on the appeals board or was on the appeal board who's an absolute fucking screamer right <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: i i think it's um uh, I, the other bit the other revelation that amazed me was how, that they when they do their appeals thing they have like a, two priests there yeah who are kind of there to just oversee everything
0: and Mm. it's like what yeah they don't they don't have a they they apparently don't have a say and don't have a vote but they're in the room
1: but they do have a vote because somebody else says oh no they definitely vote and it's like oh that that sounds really weird it's like it suddenly made clean flicks make much more sense yes i was suddenly i suddenly kind of came to the conclusion you know what if I was a member of a religion and my religious leader said to me, you shouldn't watch this. I would pay attention to that and Mm. go, okay, I follow your belief structure and I therefore see you as an authority figure and Mm -hmm. that's fine. But if if I wasn't part of that religion and that same religious leader said that I wasn't allowed to watch something because it conflicted with that religion, then I'd be like, well, no. Yeah. I don't adhere to that same belief structure as you, so why should you have the right to censor me? When it's just yeah, absolutely boggled my mind. <laughs> and 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 they were go- they were saying, oh well, it's better to have this than to have like a, the government saying what you can and can't watch. And it was like, well, actually, Maybe I don't think I don't think it. No. Is- I mean, I think if you have an independent, balanced, uh, board appointed by the by the gov- government and then those members are elected, mm. then that's fine. Mm. And that's how it should be. And, and we have uh, we have Ofcom here in the UK, which the, is a the, the, broadcast... The communications go- watchdog, so yeah. they'll,
0: they'll watch over what goes out on TV and... Yeah, exactly. So if someone business.
1: swears on TV before nine o'clock and 45 people comp- complain, Ofcom are the people that turn to the channel and say...
0: This is how much you're getting fined. You're getting fined and you yeah, need yeah. to issue an apology.
1: Hmm. Um, I think there was one, quite a big one, quite recently. I think Channel 5 or someone... Showed a film before, showed a film that started before the watershed. I can't remember what it was, and it really even surprised me that they'd even think, "Oh mm. yeah, that's fine to go out before nine yeah, o'clock." Yeah. Um, it was, I don't know what it was. I can't remember what it was. It was something on lines like Robocop or something like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that I see, so, you know, we, it obviously, you know, it works here, and then we have the the BBFC, mm. um, who are, now I can never remember where they are. part. They, they, they're not part of the BFI, are they?
0: Or are they? Uh, I'm not entirely I don't know sure. They are, but
1: I, I, you know, they were set up as the British Film Classification Board, or mm. whatever it is. I can't remember what the acronym is. Um, I, I I never paid that much attention. Okay. Um, you. But you know, and they, British they, Board of Film Classification. There you go. British Board of Film Classification. And, and they they do it, you know, perfectly fine. There's no kind of you know. It seems to be a very balanced approach, and mm. you know, I don't think there's any kind of hidden agenda.
0: No, I don't think so.
1: And what is also interesting is that they revisit things. Yes. And reclassify things. Yes.
0: Um, which I don't know if the MPA do. No. Well, the MPAA is supposedly voluntary. Right. You, you, you may choose to submit your film to have a classification yeah. for, for audience guidance when it's yeah. released in a cinema. Yeah. However, mm. if you don't, it's very unlikely your movie's going to get shown in the cinema. Yeah. So it, I this mean, is how they this is how you end up with, with like unrated cuts coming out on DVD.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's part of the thing that I think is really sinister and really like borderline Nazi is is this whole oh, it's a free choice. You don't have to be
0: rated. Mm.
1: But there's so it's so much pressure. It's like, well, if I don't I'm, you know i'm damned if
0: i do and i'm damned if i don't they explain all the studio interest in the ratings board as yeah, well. yeah like exactly yeah that was the, the thing who these people are it's like, it was, was, it, was the appeals this... board or whatever was it was uh or just in general it's yeah like, the, they're in the pockets of all the studios and yeah it's like so studio heads will sit will as you say sit on the appeals board yeah
1: uh, yeah it just yeah it smacks of kind of really dodgy corruption mm. and yeah. There's,
0: there was one quote in it that really stood out to me, and I right. wrote it down, which was, uh, we want to give the artists the freedom to make their pictures, but we don't want to make it totally free. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I um, can't think what else I was going to say. I haven't really got much well, else to say. Well, I was going to
0: say, gonna say just, just, uh, just, uh, just one thing is John Waters, yeah. all of his interviews, <laughs> the one where he ex- tells you about how... He had to explain lots yeah. of explicit sexual terms to the MPAA, yeah. some of which he'd made up. That, that, that brilliant. had me in stitches. Yeah. He's gold every time he's he, on screen. He is. Yeah. yeah. I you don't. Know, I have no interest in his film. No, absolutely. But I love seeing him interview because yeah. he's so funny. <laughs>
1: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. I mean. The. Uh, going back to what I was saying about the fact that things get revisited Mm. and I thought it might be interesting for our uh, American listeners to know how some of the things that we've got here are rated as opposed to rated over there. Mm -hmm. Now I know that um, for example when they came out things like Terminator and Robocop were 18s so you couldn't go to see them in cinema unless you were 18. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when they came out first time on video they were rated 18s Yes. When they came out on DVD, they got downgraded to a 15.
0: I don't know about Robocop. Terminator certainly did. Robocop's I think, well, 15, I'm sure it no, is. No, my DVD's an 18. Really? Yeah, my, my Terminator DVD's a 15 certificate. I
1: think my Robocop Blu-ray might be a 15. Really?
0: I might okay. be. I'll double-check that. But okay.
1: you know, so, And and that's not because uh, they'd been cut. It was because every time they time were released change. on a format, they, they were like, you know what? Time well, you have
0: to, every time you release a new format, you have, have to get to. a new certificate. So, yeah.
1: So they would go that, and they go, well, no, in today's climate... This is different. Yes,
0: and ratings for home entertainment and cinema in this country uh differ, differ as well yeah. because it's about accessibility. Yeah. A 10-year-old child, for example, has is it's far more accessible for them to pick up dad's 18 certificate Robocop off the shelf yeah. than it is for them to go and see it in a cinema. So yeah. that's why things get... For example, Tango and Cash yeah. in the cinema was for 15 certificate, but when it came out on video... It was an 18 because right. it was then more accessible to younger people. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, that makes sense as well. Um, the What I'm interested in, I don't know what it was rated in the U.S., the film? Um, this no, film? No, 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 no. Well, this film wasn't rated, obviously, because it's the MPIA.
0: I have... Uh, have you got uh, the would thing? like some trivia? Uh, hang on a second. Okay. Right okay. That.
1: Uh The one thing I would like to know, if anyone any of our American listeners can let us know, mm. is what Hot Fuzz was rated in the US on cinema release and DVD. Because over here, it was 15.
0: Yes. Uh, it probably would have got an R in the US, I would think.
1: I, would, I, I think so. But what intrigues me is the fact that... Could, I mean, it's a lot, it's violence more than anything else. But right. But the, the particular swear words over yes. here... Now, in the States, I'd imagine they'd automatically get you an R, probably an NC seventeen. Mm, mm, Whereas over I know here you,
0: I, know, I know the ones you're thinking of. Yeah. And although our language gets fruity on this show, we'll steer clear of that one for now. It, on. well
1: exactly. I think they only use it once.
0: Uh, and it's written as well at one point. Oh, that's right, yeah. It's on spoken, swear one, it's spoken on once spoken it. once and it's written on the swear box. Yes. Yeah. Um But Is it, it this film that has the discussion? Yeah, it's one of the film is it one of the filmmakers talking about how many of various swear word she can have it. it might have been something else i've seen recently oh no
1: there's that whole sequence isn't it you can have this oh yeah yeah, and yeah, that. Yeah, yeah yeah there's an little animation about it yeah yeah so i'd be interested to know because it's a it's i suppose it's deemed a sexual swear word in fact no
0: actually i uh i, I know where it's going it's from an interview from a day we spent interviewing a pair of hilarious canadian that's filmmakers right, yes who were talking about uh how they had to um pick their <clears throat> they were allowed one that's and they right had to pick it.
1: yeah that's right yeah. <laughs> yeah um Yeah, so if anyone can let us know what the rating is for Hot Fuzz, that Mm -hmm. would be awesome because I'm intrigued to know how it differed. Mm. Because for me, and if there was if
0: there was any cut, actually, yes, yeah, that's true. If the actual cut of the film differs between US and yeah, I wonder if they even
1: changed that word. I don't know. Okay, the scene in which it happens is when uh, Simon Pegg's character is telling Nick Frost's character about his uncle growing up. Mm. And he tells him this really lovely story about him being a policeman and mm. I- influencing him. And at the end, he reveals he used to sell drugs to kids. Mm. And uh, Nick Frost responds with, "water," And then, then the swear word. Mm-hmm. And I'd be interesting to know if it's the same one as it is in the UK.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Um, ratings trivia. Yes, go on. The MPAA gave the original cut of this film... An NC-17, really, for some graphic sexual content, right? Which would be all of the scenes that were cut, put into the film to, uh, uh, to illustrate that graphic sexual content, right? To illustrate points. Yeah. Um, the director appealed, mm. uh, uh, and uh, this is uh, these are where all the phone calls come in, where he's talking about yes. appealing his rating, yeah, um, and. So the final version of the film, the version you see, yeah. doesn't have a certificate in the US. It's not rated. So right. this Excellent. film is not rated. It's, yeah, yeah.
1: Except in the UK, it is. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's got an 18th certificate in the UK. Oh. Um, but we don't... And the reason for the 18th certificate can contains strong sexual content past uncut. And that's the exact phrase that mm-hmm. I used on the because I looked it up on the BBC website mm-hmm. and that was. The exact I know phrase the TV
0: the uh, in the in the US when it's shown on TV it's TVMA, right? Mature audiences. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, uh, see, I'd say mm. this was a fifteen. Would you? Yeah, because it's educational. That's true. And I think there need there needs to be. A bit. I remember going to. I remember when I was at school. When I was uh, in secondary school. So, mm. this was when I would have been about 13 or 14. What you did, uh, it was 95 Train Spotting came out, wasn't it? Yes. So, I would have been 14, 15. Mm. And that was rated 18 over there, yes. um, as you can imagine it would mm-hmm. be. And I remember talking to my headmaster at the time and him talking to me about what films I'd seen. And I told him I'd seen Train Spotting. Mm. I, and I kind of did it with a bit of trepidation because mm. you know you don't let on to adults that you've seen films. Yeah. Of, even though my mum rented it for me.
0: Um, Such a liberal parents. Yeah. Yeah. Was. Well, my mother wouldn't have done that. No. She my mum. My mum was concerned about me hearing the word bastard in Back to the Future, despite the fact she probably called it called me it right, every, every, yeah. every day for a year.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I said I, I with a bit of trepidation I said I'd seen Transport mm. and his response to that was that is such a brilliant film I wish I could show it in assembly we because it's such a great anti-drugs film and, we, and I think he even wrote a letter mm. possibly to the BBFC or to or an MP or someone mm. to say can I show this in school but he was he wasn't allowed to mm.
0: we had something something similar uh, in my drama class when mm. I was I would have been maybe thirteen. Right. Uh, our drama teacher wanted to take us all on an outing to see in the name of the father oh right which had a 15 certificate right so she couldn't take no. all of these kids for educational reasons to see this film
1: yeah when we did um when I did film studies at college so i would have been 17 16 yeah yeah 7, 16 16 17. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to actually sign, and I had to get my parents to sign a waiver to mm. say that I could watch eighteen-rated films in mm. class because it was educational. Interesting. Yeah, whether that's actually allowed or not, I don't know. No, but I don't uh, know but, but that's what we did. We watched <laughs> things like Goodfellas and stuff like that.
0: While we're on this topic, um, I used to when I was like sixteen, seventeen. I'd go and buy but, eighteen certificate videotapes yeah. in Virgin Records, as it was then, or our price if they were still around at that point. Loads of them because I was into martial arts movies mm. and action films. So I buy yeah. all of these things. And the first time I ever got stopped f- and asked for uh, proof of ID yeah. was when I bought one the day after my 18th birthday. <laughs> I'd been completely unchallenged brilliant. for about 18 months beforehand. <gasps> Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I was always quite, like,
1: you know, I was always quite righteous and careful about that. I'd never do it. But I, you know, my mum would rent me things like, I think I saw. Reservoir Dogs when I was about 50, 14. Because mm. um, that had just kind No, I wasn't that bothered by it when it came it's out. Lots of shouting. Yeah, and um, I saw Robocop when I was 10. Yeah.
0: No, I, did. I but, probably didn't see Robocop until I was. The thing was, though, that was almost. Maybe even 20.
1: That was almost kind of quite a good move in a way because it it genuinely terrified me and gave me nightmares because it was awesome. so gr- gruesome i watched for, it for again recently the time.
0: and i've forgotten just how gruesome it is yeah
1: i mean for a 10 year old very yeah um so it actually kind of put me off wanting to watch any kind of like horror films or like you know nasty action films for quite a while mm. so it kind of, in a way it kind of you know prevented my parents having to deal with me trying to watch all these films all the time mm.
0: Um, I don't have any uh, fun fact or anything right. about. Uh, oh well, I have one fun fact about uh, uh, this film: is not yet rated. Yeah. The MPAA illegally made uh, duplicates of a digital copy of the, this movie, really, and passed it around its members. Interesting. And got in trouble, got their wrist slapped for it, and said they wouldn't do it again, and then did. Oh really? Yes. Uh, what was uh, the
1: other film they did it with? Or was it the same? It film? was the same, same film. film. They just really? they said they
0: wouldn't, and then they made more copies. Wow. Uh, and got found out again. And uh, I don't know if this is still ongoing, but uh, the director's lawyer uh, has requested that they destroy all of the copies in their possession wow. and and provide him with a list of who they were given to. <laughs>
1: Brilliant. The one yeah. thing I also about the director looked like Ted Danson.
0: Yes, he does. <laughs> he has the unfortunate name of Kirby Dick, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, He looked he, like. Makes he sounds a bit like a whale. Yeah,
1: he looked like.
0: Uh, oh God, I hope. We've already had the director of one. Well, is that, yeah, yeah.
1: He looked like Ted Danson. In- we like your film. Yeah, absolutely. We like your yeah. film.
0: We're only making fun of your name, and I have a silly names. So yeah. come on. Uh,
1: he looked. He looked like uh, Ted Danson in and the film. And we love
0: Ted Danson as well. So that's a compliment. Well, I was going to
1: say he looked like him in, in the Moguls. Have you seen
0: that? No, I haven't. I've I- meant that. to see it. Right. I remember okay. it. I need to rewatch
1: out. it if I'm going to pitch it. I'll, re- I'll re- okay. rewatch it. Cause that's a fun film.
0: Um, I have uh, a lone tweet from right out there from Kenny Vengeance, who is a regular contributor. Oh, yeah. uh, Who says... um, Now, that's
1: someone with a great name.
0: Yeah, I know. I really hope it's his actual name. Yeah. And if it's not his actual name, I hope he's a wrestler and that's his ring name. Yeah. Um, uh, Because it's a tweet. It's quite short. He says, I can't explain why here in America sex is more obscene, quote unquote, than violence. Leftover Puritan beliefs, I suppose. Yeah, it's it, it, probably about right. Yeah,
1: I think you're right. Um, you're waving your phone around. Do you have yeah. more correspondence? No, I don't. I'm really sorry. I'm just. I've just Take received D's a. Wife. No, I'm not. I've received a tweet saying that all my trains are knackered. Oh, good. Yeah. Fun, fun, fun. Fun getting home tonight.
0: Excellent. Well, while you're thinking about that, should we do some pitches?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: We got. Anything uh, good?
1: Yeah, I can do my. I haven't even written any notes for my Oh, really? <laughs> no. Oh, really? Because I'm going to pitch you a film. I know inside out. Oh, good. Um I'm going to pitch you a film that we've been talking about for ages and it's another rom-com that's not quite a rom-com. Okay. I'm going to pitch you Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh-huh. Aha. it's part I knew this was coming eventually. Yeah, yeah, I just hadn't got around to it. And um it's part of the well it's Jason Segel again, so it's kind of the similar Family, sort of produced by Judd Apatow. I, I was going to say, it's, it's from it's the that, Apatow stable, but I can't yeah. remember
0: if he was a producer or a director or a no, writer or whereabouts he came in the chain. Probably think, a bit of all of it, yeah, actually. Yeah, I think,
1: I think even though it came to a point where, it, I I don't know if I've got this wholly right, but I think uh, Jason Segel went to him with the idea right. for it. Uh, and he was like, do you like it? And Judd Apatow said, okay, go and write it then. Mm. And he was like, what? Because he didn't expect that response. And, and it was Apatow that really kind of, Feeded his creativity and Mm. sat him down and made him write the script and kind of helped and built uh, sort of you know built him built him up. Um, it's one again it's one of those kind of romantic comedies that's way funnier than I thought it was going to be when I Mm -hmm. when I watched it. Um, the basic premise is, uh, Jason Segel, uh, plays a character called Peter. And he breaks up with his famous girlfriend, Mm -hmm. and she's. In uh, a TV show called "Crime Scene: Scene of the Crime," <laughs> and "Crime Scene: Scene of the Crime." Yeah, awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, they break up, and he doesn't handle it very well. So he decides to get over the pain of her, of the breakup. He decides to go to Hawaii on holiday. Mm-hmm. So he picks this amazing resort, or well, actually, no, he just goes. Mm. Like he doesn't even book it; he just goes and ends up at this amazing resort that he's mm. heard of. And uh, he's there trying to check in. They've got no space at all. So he's a bit like bummed out because he can't. And then who should appear but his ex-girlfriend, Sarah Marshall, and her new boyfriend, who is played by Russell Brand, Mm -hmm. who uh, I can imagine you will find quite annoying generally. But in this, he is effectively playing himself. Right. But he's the perfect character. For that role, if that makes sense, yeah, I get that. It's the sort of thing that you know, having Russell Brand as Russell Brand in that role would have been just as perfect as Mm -hmm. if he'd been who he is. Yeah, Um, and the receptionist at the hotel kind of takes a bit of pity on him and uh, books him into like a presidential suite that just isn't being used and just Mm. just like lets him stay there for a bit. Um, And it's just about how he deals with this situation and and uh, how the romance. Mm. ebbs and flows after that uh it's got good really good supporting cast um mila kunis mm-hmm. uh, as the receptionist and um oh god yeah, russell brand as i mentioned That's and write notes uh, yeah i know <laughs> and and then uh uh paul, <laughs> paul rudd creeps off uh occasionally as a surf instructor right who's uh pretty good and there's a, there's a load of other little ones as mm-hmm. well um again it's, yeah it's just it's funny it's entertaining some of the songs in it are absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. um one of the things that peter's uh, peter the the how they met peter is a uh, composer for the right. tv show uh, and some of the scenes where he's at work are brilliant okay um but yeah so it's just good fun okay uh, and yeah I, i'll be interested to see what you think of it
0: okay every now and then one of us will text the other one and say, have you seen any of these? Yeah. I'll list the stuff. And it'll be yes, yes, no, no, yes, yes, whatever, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah.
1: Generally, I've got one thing in specific mind and I have to think of like three other things that you've do. Exactly the same <laughs> I'll hide one in the middle. <laughs> yes, that's what I do, um,
0: yeah. And... On top of all this, I once sent you an email which essentially had my entire DVD collection in it.
1: That's right. It was when we first started, wasn't it? No, no. Later. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Not joking. I went through and I wrote down every DVD I owned. Yeah. And sent Tom the entire list. Yeah. Um, If I'm right, you were actually
1: marked out the ones that you hadn't seen either.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, And I think somewhere in that email, it says, "And you know, I've left out." Such and such and such stuff, because I assume you've seen these. Everybody's seen these. Yeah. And you came, there's one in particular you came back and you went, I haven't seen that.
1: Right. I can't remember what it is. No,
0: exactly. And I thought, every child of the 80s has seen this. Right. Um, you get Labyrinth.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't seen this. Yeah.
0: Um, let me uh, 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 try and set this up a little bit um, right. in case there's anybody other than you that doesn't know Labyrinth. No, um, I,
1: to be honest, I genuinely have no idea what it's about, apart from David Bowie in a maze.
0: Okay, good. That's a good start. Right, yeah. Okay. Jennifer Connelly plays Sarah. Right. Uh, she's a moody teenager who escapes from her every, everyday life into stories of a goblin realm. Right. Uh, one night, when left to babysit her screaming infant brother, uh, she wishes the... I can't remember my bloody handwriting. <laughs> uh, she wishes the goblins would just come and take him to stop him crying. Right. And they do. Right. Uh the Goblin King, David Bowie. Yeah. Uh then gives her thirteen hours to solve the labyrinth uh, mm. that stands between her and his castle, or the boy will be turned into a goblin and lost forever. Okay. Uh it's a Jim Henson production. Yeah. Uh so it's full of Muppets right. but not the actual Muppets. Yeah, yeah. Um it's um what have I put here? <laughs> I put here Oh, it's also it's written by Terry Jones, which I didn't realise till oh, I rewatched really? it for the pit yeah.
1: Wow, so I didn't know
0: that at all. It's full of Muppets, a little bit of Python-esque humor. I've always thought
1: it was almost should have been a Terry Gilliam film.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, yeah, it almost is, but isn't. Yeah. Uh, apparently, approximately sixty-five to seventy percent of what remains is uh, from Terry Jones's script, right? And then, like the last, the last quarter, maybe was rewritten and okay uh, tacked on. If right. you like, tacked on is not the word. Um, mm. But so you've got Muppets, Python, uh, George Lucas when he knew how to produce produce films still because he's on this as a producer. Right. Uh, David Bowie mm-hmm. uh, dressed like a 50-year-old cougar going out on the pool for most <laughs> of the film. <laughs> right. <laughs> and cheap eighty special effects. Right. Uh, like proper practical effects. Yeah. There is one effect in this film mm-hmm. and we'll cover it next week. I genuinely... Uh, yeah how many years are we now? 24, 25 years, 26, 27 years after the, <laughs> right. first made, bloody hell I'm old. <laughs> 27, nearly 27 years after first made. I have no idea how they did it. Right. Absolutely no idea. Okay. Uh, and we'll cover that. We'll cover that next week. Okay. Um, You do have to put up with David Bowie acting. Right. And you do have to put up with some, uh some horrendous music. Okay. Um, But horrendous music also blights things like the princess bride, which well, we true. both love. Yeah. Um, Is that, Anything
1: who directed this? Did you say? Uh
0: I didn't, but it was probably (laughs) I don't know. Frank Oz and what's his face? Um Jim Henson. Jim Henson, probably. We'll double check for next week. I've done my you didn't wrote no notes, I didn't do my research particularly well. Uh the um I didn't pay attention to the director because um I was kind of distracted by the opening titles. Right. Which when you consider that this would have been made in
1: 1985, 1986. Hang on, I'm just about to check who's the other
0: direction. Um, is a CG owl?
1: Okay, a CG owl?
0: Owl flying through right a uh you can't really tell what it is, but it uh a, a black on black maze. Right. And for 1986, this, yeah. is pretty, this is not a bad CG CGI. You can tell it's a computer effect, and it was yeah. kind of like the first filmed attempt to make a photo-real animal character. Oh, really? Okay. Um, it's not photo-real, not no. by a long shot, not by today's well, no, standards. But all. as far as 1986 CG graphics goes, it's not bad. Supp- it's a pretty long opening title I sequence. I'm surprised you start with
1: an owl. I mean, for CG... Like because yeah, I mean feathers uh, and well, stuff are uh, not uh, easy.
0: Uh, an owl becomes more important later on in the film. Yeah, It's, uh, make... it's a symbol yeah. in the film, but
1: I, no. But I am just thinking from like the, the point of view of the people thinking, oh, we could try making a photorealistic CG animal. What should we go with? I wouldn't pick owl first. I'd go with snake. Because that <laughs> would, would be well, yeah, because it's smooth ish. Uh, no, no limbs. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know. Um. It, by the way, it was directed by Jim Henson. There we go. Uh, and it was from 1986. You were right.
0: There we go. Um I've written a note I I might have to watch the film again because I've written a note and I've got no idea what it means. <laughs> right. Um I'll I'll read this one now. Bowie is sometimes great and sometimes terrible, often in the same scene. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um and actually if I'd have known you hadn't seen this before we did Pan's Labyrinth, yeah. I'd have pitched you this first. Right, okay. Um okay. What have we got? What have we got? Um Everything else I think we can cover next week. Okay, uh, I,
1: I I will say now I'm not a massive fan of fantasy films. Okay, so because I often find them difficult to like engage. Like I mean, I I find things like I think I might have seen Dark Crystal when I was a kid.
0: Possibly. I've never seen I've never seen all of that.
1: No, I don't think, and I don't I, I don't remember enough of it to know if I was engaged with it or not. But I I don't know fa- fantasy like this. It tends to be the thing I have a little bit of a barrier. Yeah, almost yeah. a bit like anime. Okay. Whereas I can appreciate it, but I can't get sucked into it so i'll be really intrigued to see how this okay well hopefully out. at the
0: very least uh there's some really great um uh production and character design in this okay uh and uh i think there are some characters th- yeah this the design work is really good i think there's some characters you'll quite enjoy yeah um wait till you get to sir Didymus, right who's probably my favorite character in the film okay that's it, I think. Okay, cool.
1: I, w- I mean, I will say that when we do this podcast, every time we watch a film for this, mm. like well, one that I you've pitched me, mm. and every time I watch it, I always try to like clear my head and go in as like as receptive and as open as possible. So do I. Possible. Yeah. So I, I mean, even it, with the Stanley Kubrick ones, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's like so. I'm uh, this. This will be the, like a really good test, I think. Mm. Yeah. So Maybe I'm g- yeah. intrigued to see it.
0: You can contact us in various Mm. ways on Twitter, as uh, Mister Vengeance did uh, today. Uh, That's at HYS Podcast. We're on Facebook, facebook Facebook.com/slash HaveYouSeenPodcast. We have a blog, HaveYouSeen.net, which, as I mentioned earlier, if you find the uh, Mm. the post for the Cleanflix episode, which was last week, yes, last week it was last week. I'm losing track of time. Yeah, Um, you'll be able to see uh, what the director of Cleanflix had to say about our discussion of his movie. Yeah, Uh, and we have an email address. Uh, which is podcast at haveyseen dot mm-hmm. As I mentioned um, last week, uh, I want to kind of I I really like to grow the audience of this show. Mm. So yeah. please tell your friends about us, uh, retweet the tweets, particularly the episode tweets. They're the most important ones. Yeah, uh, and um, share the Facebook statuses. Yeah. That's probably the easiest way. It's a simple click. Yeah. to do that. Yeah, if you like, really us, help we've already seen, like us, help other people like us. Yeah, well. we've I'm slightly s- distracted by a smell of biscuits in this room <laughs> i think really? the computer might be overheating right, okay. i can smell what smells like baking biscuits
1: yeah we should say thank you to the uh listeners who this past week have actually retweeted and shared yes stuff. yeah people have, have been doing yes, it yeah, so yeah. it's really Some, nice somebody
0: listen <laughs> um yeah we um we got uh, we know a few hundred people listen to us i i i quite like to make that a few thousand one day yeah that'd be cool that'd be nice yeah um Thank you to all of us. To all of us. Thank you to us. Thank you to us it's for us. making such a damn good show every week. Uh, and thank you to all of you, actually, who do listen and who do retweet yeah. and mm-hmm. read Facebook and, and send us stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Send us more pitches. We don't do this for our own amusement. We do it for you. Yeah. 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 More listener pitches. Let's try and get a good, good few listener pitches this year. Uh, yeah. We could do some year. good ones. Mm-hmm. Good. Thank you also. Mm-hmm. That's where this was going. Right to Upbeat Productions for ah. the use of their warm biscuit smelling studio <laughs> yeah. uh, and to Alexia mom, who as always is our technical guru Uh huh. Um, and that's it yeah we're done I think <laughs> who wouldn't look at our place in leverage? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that in with the most affection possible <laughs> yeah I'm sure you do
1: <laughs> <laughs> right we're done I think aren't I we? think we are yeah, done right, I'm going to go and see if I can find a train home
0: yes find a train home and then yeah. uh, get up early for the airport in the morning oh god yeah Tom has to get up at stupid o'clock to go to Madrid. Yay, work.
1: Yeah. I've got to get up at three o'clock in the morning, I think.
0: Oh, dear. Okay, well, let's let him go to bed. And we will see you next week when we talk about Labyrinth. And I always, every week, I forget (laughs) what you think. My memory's awful. Shit, what is it? (laughs) It's
1: forgetting Sarah Marshall.
0: Forgetting Kieran Lifford. Yeah. All right. uh, Yes, we'll see you next week. Goodbye.
1: Bye. looking at these two wheels of electrical tape and thinking one's bigger than the other so therefore one of them must have more tape on it than the other one Mm -hmm. the bigger one has less tape than the smaller one it's the actual size of the cardboard in the middle that's that's, that's different wow yeah thrilling it is thrilling yes so we must have two separate supplies of electrical tape